everyone, and welcome to another installment of Podcast 360, your go-to resource for medical news and clinical updates. I'm your moderator, Amanda Balby with Consultant 360 Specialty Network. In March 2020, the U.S. Preventive Services Task Force, or USPSTF, updated its recommendation for screening for hepatitis C virus, or HCV, which aimed to widen the age range for screening to include more eligible patients. In support of this shift, the medical team at Albany Medical Center widened their screening practices as well. Their study aimed to better understand the demographics of HCV antibody and RNA positivity at their emergency department. Today, I'll be speaking to two of the study authors to find out more about their findings. Hi, my name is Talia Siegel. I'm a first-year medical student at New York Medical College in Valhalla, New York, and I'm a former research coordinator working with the hepatitis C team in the emergency department at Albany Medical Center. My name is Michael Waxman. I'm an attending physician and uh, faculty in the Department of Emergency Medicine at Albany Medical College. And I'm an emergency physician and kind of a preventive medicine specialist as well. Thank you so much for joining me today. To start, can you talk a little bit about the USPSTF's changes and how they influenced your study? Yeah, well, that's right. Actually, the USPSTF screening recommendations happened after we initiated our study. So we started screening maybe about two years ago for hepatitis C. And what we found was we captured a lot of baby boomers who were antibody positive and there was a very low RNA positivity rate amongst those baby boomers who were antibody positive. But the RNA positivity rate was higher amongst those who were in the younger cohort of folks, including those who, who injected intravenous drugs. So um, in that way, we were like, uh, kind of noticed this phenomenon going on, which was a little bit counterintuitive to the uh, screening of all baby boomers and then targeted testing after that. And so, so the USPSTF recommendations really came out uh, uh, kind of after our, our study. I think they kind of complement each other and kind of support one another in this idea to not necessarily just screen baby boomers then targeted screening after that, but rather to do universal screening. Your abstract mentions that there has been a shift away from older adults or baby boomers with active infection and more toward younger adults who are RNA positive. What factors do you think contributed to this shift? So I think especially with this demographic shift, as Dr. Waxman was pointing out, is that while in the past we did notice that there were higher rates potentially of hepatitis C RNA positive patients within the baby boomer cohort. We've noticed that a lot of those people tend to have already been treated and fortunately aren't hepatitis C RNA positive anymore. And while these younger age groups, they tend to have some of the demographics that lend to higher risk activity, such as people who are using intravenous drugs. And we also looked at the homeless population. And so certainly those two factors, we did notice that they had higher RNA positivity rates amongst their groups. And so such factors that lead to just higher risk activities are more so contributing to these this higher RNA positivity rate and maybe shifting away from this baby boomer cohort age group. 
those factors and it's we don't know this for sure but maybe those baby boomers are kind of linked into care a little bit more maybe baby boomers are more likely to have a primary care doctor who have already screened for this or maybe they've just been kind of overly screened because the USPSTS recommendations already had that I think all of those factors probably contribute probably the ones that Talia said what demographics of HCV antibody and RNA positivity did your team find? So specifically, our team looked into these two categories of people that either were people who use intravenous drugs or were within the homeless population. And those two populations, we did note, had higher risks of being RNA positive um, as compared to people that didn't fall into those categories. And so those were just two major categories that we did notice these higher differences of RNA positivity rate. However, our team has also looked into other demographics, um, such as gender or insurance. But as of now, we, we are still looking at that data. And potentially, we have not noticed any stark difference between those two groups. What is the overall take-home message from your study? I believe that the overall take-home message from our study is that, as we talked about previously, that with these updated USPSTF screening recommendations, they do fall in line with what we've noticed within our own emergency department screening program is that there has been this shift away from just this baby boomer cohort into now potentially screening the population that is aged 18 to 79, including people with these higher risk factors. And so hopefully what we could do with improving our screening techniques and also just updated recommendations for hepatitis C screening across the country is that potentially we'll be finding people at an earlier stage within their infection, and we can treat them so that this infection doesn't leave them with more complications down the road. It just occurred to me, uh, one, one of the thoughts we had when we did this, um, the USPSTF recommendations used to recommend screening baby boomers and then other folks as uh, was appropriate based upon risk, et cetera. Well, in the emergency department setting, it's a little hard to assess risk at the bedside. And I think what uh, a policy, a reasonable policy may have been in the emergency department uh, was to set up a process by which all baby boomers were screened for hepatitis C, which sounded like a reasonable thing to do at the time. Uh, I think our data um, go along and support the USPSTF screening recommendations that that's probably not a great strategy to just go after the baby boomers. I think everyone's in agreement of that. That's our overall take-home message. And for the better, the USPSTF screening recommendations now state that. What is the next step in your research? Uh, so for our research in the future, I think that we will be incorporating these changes that the USPSTF screening program recommended into our screening program at Albany Medical Center in the emergency department. And so potentially we will see a shift in the demographics that we previously noted in our current poster presentation and potentially seeing a change in these demographics um, and what that would be. We don't know yet, but potentially we could see that over time. The next challenge is really hit, getting getting these hard to reach populations like folks who use intravenous drugs and uh, folks who are homeless, etc. These are some tough to reach populations and there's a lot of work to be done in, in, in making sure that they're found, linked to care and treated. What steps are necessary to reach the homeless population and get them involved into care? It's hard. It, first of all, it's a big challenge. I mean, I'll, I'll just speak to kind of some of the stuff 
that we've noticed, I don't know that there's, that we've, we've researched this or there's any data that show that this is better, kind of makes sense though. You know, we don't consider ourselves the, the only cog in the wheel here. We're part of a, a community-based team. This is a, a, a community team effort. And so, for example, we work with our local federally qualified health center called Whitney Young and another community-based organization called Project Safe Point, which is part of a larger uh, organization called Catholic Charities, who've been like absolutely integral in terms of getting these folks linked to care. So we view this very much as a team-based sport here, and not only within our institution, but within the entire community. I, it seems to me like that's an absolute must in terms of reaching these hard-to-reach populations. That's not what we researched necessarily in our program, but it, it is something that we found anecdotally. And it's still challenging, despite all of this help that we get from our community partners. Great. Thank you both for joining me today and answering all my questions about your research. Thank you so much for having us, Amanda. Great. Thank you so much, Amanda. It was a real privilege.